the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast, your weekly view on the story shaping shipping. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The salvage sector are the unsung heroes of shipping, but that's a problem. It seems they haven't been singing loudly enough about their contribution to environmental protection. Or at least that's what Charo Cole, the head of the International Salvage Union, said when she addressed the industry's get-together in London this week. Pressure in the shape of intense competition, a reduced number of jobs and generally lower income has become acute. There's an increasing resort to alternative contracts not intended for emergency situations and the erosion of that long-established but increasingly endangered-looking species, the Lloyd's Open Form, is being threatened by the use of side agreements. Meanwhile, increasingly large and expensive vessels have shifted the perceptions of the insurance sector when it comes to salvage. All that spells the need for change, and while salvers are generally a conservative bunch, not prone to revolutionary thoughts, there is a pressing need to evolve. Diversification and consolidation has already started, but there's much more to come. So, for this week's podcast, I caught up with Charo Cole, head of the ISU, together with Captain Rahul Khanna, Global Head of Marine Risk Consulting at Allianz, as they considered the future of salvage, the future of risk, and why Friday the 13th is much more than just a superstition when it comes to maritime safety. Charo Cole, uh, President of the International Salvage Union, and Captain Rahul Khanna, Global Head of Marine Risk and Consulting at Allianz, welcome to the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you, you're welcome. Thank you. So we're here at the uh, the annual Salvage and Wreck Conference. It's an interesting um, insight into a lot of the trends that are driving uh, you, both your businesses. Um, Charo, let's start with you. I mean, you're pointing to quite significant change in the industry, I think. I mean, the, 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 the salvers are, are, are recognised as the unsung heroes of the industry. It, it seems that perhaps the industry doesn't value the service you provide enough to uh, sustain the levels of remuneration that you need to uh, continue salvage in the way that we have traditionally viewed it, I guess, mm. as an industry. Is that fair? It's not fair. <laughs> okay. Because, Tell me why. Yeah, because, okay, the commercial environment has changed. We know the vessels are bigger, they are worldwide, they are in remote places. The savage companies has, uh, well, we are globally, we have about 80, 80% of our members are regional ones mm-hmm. serving to the, their own countries. There is five big players who are worldwide. But for this big investment, you always need some return on that. But we are not here to talk about money. I think we are here more to say that the ISU has considered that we have to refresh ourselves. You know, we cannot be see as the LOF guys, you know. Mm. More even when we are, 70% of the cases are not LOF cases. Mm. And this is not going to change. Just for the benefit of our listeners who are perhaps not as familiar as, uh, as others with LOF, we're talking about the Lloyd's Open Forms, the, the gold standard of, yes. of contracting within salvage. Well, it's the best contracts for emergency. Yeah. Because you don't have to sign anything. It's two-pages contract. Very easy. Everybody knows. And you say an LOF, even verbally, you can agree with that. And then the arbitrators and everybody will decide later on. You don't start making a negos in a crisis. Mm. And yet, it doesn't seem to have uh, gained enough traction within the industry. One of the things we are going to do is to train people. Mm. We need to try. Apart from Lloyd's, I know they are trying hard to do it. I think we have two also. Mm-hmm. And to put people under 30s, <laughs> 40s, whatever, to, to show them exactly what is this, what is salvage. Because I think there is very unaware, unnoticed what we do. Mm. That's my, my feeling, personal feeling. 
But I mean, you, you mentioned on stage earlier, and I think it's worth reminding ourselves what the objective of this is. It's, it's, it's that there should always be a properly funded and innovative yeah. salvage industry available to reduce marine risk as much as possible. Yes. That is, no, that is something that nobody in the industry would disagree with. And yet... We're dealing with the reality of a, of a market that is under pressure from the, yeah. from the ship owners. Yes. We're dealing with consolidation, yeah. both in your sector and in the ship mm -hmm. owners. The reality of the situation does not support the salvage industry in the way that we have traditionally viewed it, I think. Yeah, that's why there is less and less tax on the station. Still mm -hmm. there are, but uh, you can see... 15 years ago, I remember every island has a one tax on the stations. This is not happening anymore. That's when I think the regional salvers can be of assistance. Mm. My own company has vessels worldwide and some contractors, big contractors call you. So mm. we have to change. We have to see how to make, because you know, Wayumi was saying, we are, we have to collaborate. We have to be in the same boat. We are in the, we, we have to minimize losses for our clients and customers. Mm. And also to the environment, because you, the world is demanding that. Less pollutants at sea. I mean, you mentioned change. You mentioned you know the reality that we're probably not going to see uh, you know salvage vessels on station just in case. You know mm -hmm. these are not the uh, mm -hmm. you know the emergency services of the world's oceans anymore in mm -hmm. terms of you know having these things on standby. So we have to accept that there is mm -hmm. a more on the other risk. hand there is more warehouses than ever. You know? Right. Okay. We yeah. are investing other things because you need new equipment, modern equipment. Mm -hmm. Vessels are modern, so you need to be also to modernize. Mm. No, just to throw a line or things like that for the fire and containers. So, I think there has to be a common knowledge of what are the worries of the insurance, as well as we have what we have, what we need to, yes. to to give. Okay. But it is also the reality that you know that uh, service alone is not going to support the ISU members mm -hmm. in totality. And therefore, what we're seeing is the ISU members uh, diversifying their trade that's, a little. They, you know, these true. are these are experts. These that's are true. you know people mm -hmm. who can apply their skills mm -hmm. in other fields. I mean, talk us a little bit through that in terms of the trend you see there. Okay, we have been dealing this last year. We have prepared a five years uh, strategy plan, mm -hmm. seeing how we are, can deal with that. Uh, because, uh, as you say, there is not proper only salvers. You can to do other jobs. So that's when other contracts also come because uh, smaller cases. You have, Bingo is very well placed here. Wreck, wreck removals are taking a lot of concern mm. in the world. You remember a few years ago uh, when there was a wreck somewhere. Nobody cares. But now all the all the political or states are asking for this removal to to take off. Mm. So this is an increasing role also that this has to be considered also for LOF members mm. and ISU members too. And Rahul, I want to bring you in here because uh, you, you, you've scared the audience silly with your uh, your <laughs> projection of the $4 billion price tag on, on mm -hmm. the worst case scenario. And this was, uh, I think you were talking about a large container ship and a, and a passenger cruise ferry right. in an incident. You're estimating $4 billion in terms of total cost for that. Yeah, um, I mean, I have to say it's not a prediction. It's a worst case scenario. Right. Um, to start with, I hope that never happens. The industry doesn't have to see that. But uh, it is realistic in the sense uh, that the, the the trends that we have seen, the way these cases have been handled, and as uh, uh, you just mentioned, uh, that now state, states are requiring a lot more out of salvers and insurers to do to remove the wreck out of their backyard, so to say, uh, especially if there is a sensitive environment uh, issue involved. And the site remediation is, is some of the some of the issues that I think are raising the cost uh, on 
uh, each event um, as it goes by. Now, we have seen, uh, as I mentioned in my earlier section, that the total losses have been declining over the last 10 years. But the losses that we have seen are actually a lot more bigger, complex, and much more expensive to mm -hmm. settle today. And some of these uh, cases like the Costa Concordia and the Rena are prime examples of that. So the four billion scenario is is not a prediction, but it is possible if all the wrong elements come together, which I hope it doesn't happen. Mm. But you're also pointing to the increasingly worrying risk of fires on on major container ships, and you know MSC Flaminia, Flaminia will be uh, you know hot on people's memories in terms of recent examples. But there are many, but exactly, most uh, You know, the as the 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 size of the vessels as the industry consolidates and the vessels get larger and mm. more complex and more expensive with higher value cargo, this becomes more and more problematic and, and the need for uh, high quality salvers to be available for those things and rather than a, a sort of a diversification of local um, generalists, you need experts in these in these situations. I mean, does that worry you sitting in your mm. side mm. from Allianz? Absolutely. Um, I think we have time and again in the last few years raised this point that, uh, uh, of course, economies of scale drive the vessel size, and it makes all the sense to do that from that perspective. But it also brings in an element of enhanced risk when you're dealing with vessels which are um, which are now a, a lot more bigger, a lot more complicated, a lot more difficult to maneuver, uh, to handle, and to understand. From a salvage perspective, if one of these are involved in, in a major casualty, I don't think uh, salvers have today the experience to deal with such a such a uh, large vessel, and this is new learning for all of us. These are uncharted waters for pretty much everybody, including the insurers, ship owners, and salvers. And we have to learn pretty quickly to make sure that these sort of incidents and, and casualties do not spiral into something like a four billion loss. So the expertise required from salvers today, and the equipment, as you already uh, alluded to. Uh, requires an upgrade, requires more training, requires a lot more concentrated effort and combined effort from industry every quarter, whether it's insurers, ship owners, salvers, or uh, um, uh, classification societies, regulatory, IMO. Mm. It all has to come together to address this issue that we have at the moment. I, I started off introducing you as the unsung heroes, and I, I think you alluded to this in your speech, that perhaps the industry hasn't done a good enough job of uh, shouting loudly enough about what it is you do and why what you do is so essential to the industry. Uh, do you think there is, a um, first, an industry perception problem with the ship owners in terms of being prepared to pay for, for what they need, but also the wider perception of what it is that the salvage industry does uh, yeah, in, in the wider sector? Yeah, I think we need to to explain better mm. ourselves. Ourselves, our industry in particular, that's because we want to talk to the stakeholders, mm. insurance, IGs, you know. I think we have to, ISU is going, is starting to conduct a survey uh, with, uh, to talk among all the stakeholders, IGs, insurance, even uh, governments, whatever. We are going to try to talk to everybody to see what the perception is, mm. how can we do better training and understanding of uh, the industry in order we, if we, there is something we have to, to change, we, have, we will change it, mm. you know? I think okay. it's important. And, and, and finally, uh, you know, we are, are, are sitting here midweek, but this, this podcast will go out on a Friday, which, uh, as, uh, as you informed the audience, Rahul, <laughs> is, is the worst day of the week. So uh, I, I apologize to podcast <laughs> listeners, but uh, apparently you are more likely to be involved in a casualty uh, today uh, than any other day. 
Um, uh, if you could uh, possibly listen to the podcast on Saturday, you're going to be safer. I think I understand. <laughs> is that right? Well, numbers don't lie. Uh, yeah. All we are doing, all we are doing, is uh, getting the statistics uh, out, and it turns out that Friday is the most likely day that you probably have true. a total Friday loss. Friday the thirteenth. And and interestingly, oh yes, Friday the thirteenth has has seen five total losses as well. That so is, yes, that is, worrying. Well, that is a bit worrying. worrying. Yes, yes, worrying. indeed. I'm taking a flight. Applies to planes too? <laughs> we restrict ourselves to marine. <laughs> we, we may need to reconsider the day we put out the noiseless podcast. On yes. <laughs> Change it to Thursday. Uh, but uh, Chara and Rahul, thank you very much for joining the Loiseless podcast. No. Thank, you. thank you very much. Thank you.